Hey, this is Drew Davis again with the Every Arkansan Podcast. This week, we've got Michelle Douglas from The Call sharing how she started chasing her God-given dream for the foster children of Arkansas. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born and raised in Central Arkansas, and my husband, John, and I will celebrate our 19th wedding anniversary soon. I am a boy mom extraordinaire (laughs) um, in that I have a 14-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 3-year-old, so I get to experience all kinds of milestones simultaneously. (laughs) Never thought I'd be dealing with teenage angst and potty training at the same time, but that's where I am. And professionally, I am the program director for The Call. Uh, I, I started uh, doing my undergrad at Henderson State in Arkadelphia, went to grad school in Little Rock at UALR, spent nine years in higher education, and I really just began volunteering for The Call for about six years, and I joined staff in 2013. So one of the things we really like to talk about is just how in the world you ended up on this God-given dream journey of yours. So had you always planned on being involved in foster care and orphans and those things, or is that something that just kind of cropped up its head somewhere along the line? Well, I actually grew up in church with a family that adopted several children, and so they had fostered. And so um, God kind of broke my heart for for that a little bit. Um, That really morphed into being very involved in um, the Right to Life movement as a teenager. But then I get distracted and by you know doing going to college and getting married and, and having um, our first son and uh, the Lord really began to convict me uh, via veggie tales which is um, you know not the normal source of of conviction but um, it was one particular episode that my um, now 14 year old watched about once every day for at least a year <laughs> And the verse um, that it was really all about was Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And so after about the 70th time of watching this, um, I realized that while I was had a great job, um, I wasn't really using my gifts for the glory of God. Um, I was <clears throat> working at the local university teaching and um, loved the job, but it wasn't I wasn't glorifying God at that work. And so I began to pray. I didn't know what that looked like, but I just, and I honestly, <laughs> I didn't necessarily know what my gifts were. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I, so I just began to pray that God would show me mm-hmm. that he would um, open a door or just let me know what it was I was supposed to do because if he created me to do something, I wasn't doing it and I needed direction. Within weeks of that prayer on a Sunday morning at my church, I saw a video for a brand new ministry, The Call. And immediately everything kind of fell together. Like my my heart from for the family that um, I loved dearly growing up and just knowing that this was the answer to the prayer. So I went to um, an informational meeting, again, not knowing. I I didn't really think I was called to be a foster parent, but I knew that this was what God had had 
for me. So I went and I just signed up. <laughs> I just put my name down. <clears throat> I'll do something. Not sure what, but I'll do something. And within um, maybe two weeks of that, I got an email asking for trainers. And that's where what I had been doing. I was teaching at, at a college and, and my and my my master's had a training focus. So I said, well, absolutely. Gifting, God's glory, sign me up. And um, the the co-founder of the call, Mary Carol Peterson, was um, actually the one that emailed me back and said, well, let's meet for coffee. Um, and so when I left coffee, I was the training coordinator for the call <laughs> um, as a volunteer. And um, so I, I volunteered for about six years and then joined staff. Um, so it's really just God. I mean, all of this is God orchestrating first by using my child's cartoon to open up um, my heart to serving him and then opening, making that very clear for me that that's my, my calling was to work with the call. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the foster care system, um, or at least from my experience, there's a lot of misconceptions. Explain the how it really works, the okay. whole scenario. So foster care is actually not punitive for families. Uh, foster care is designed to be a service for families in need. And so when you have families um, that are struggling to meet the needs of their children, for the most part, the majority of the families served by the child welfare system in Arkansas are families where children are not put in foster care. And they're families that just need help meeting those needs. When DCFS deems that it's not safe for a child to remain in the home, then the child is removed so that they can go somewhere safe, but also so that the family can get the services they need to be healthy. The goal of foster care is restoration of the family. And so for the call, that's our heart because that's what foster care is, is that we want to show these children the extravagant love of Jesus by giving them a family that will love and nurture them while their family is getting the support that they need. And we want to work hand in hand with the family or have our families work hand in hand with the children's family so that they can find restoration. Because, I mean, that's what the gospel is, is restoration. So the call kind of is training and equipping people to be that foster parent. Right. So, um, and we oftentimes hear of every church would just take in one kid. What What's the, the true situation in Arkansas, at least, for the how many kids are in foster care? How many are still needing? So right now there are about 4,300 children in foster care, and there are only 1,600 families to take care of them. And so there is a legitimate need. There are 5,900 churches. <laughs> so not even every church has to have a foster family. Um, our role at The Call, we exist to really equip the church to step into the space. We, we bridge the gap between the church and the state agency. And so we do believe that if every church would engage, but really we only need about 10% of churches in Arkansas to be actively engaged, to have a culture for serving foster families, for serving biological families. And we believe we can have more than enough families to care for children when they come into foster care, more than enough families. Right now there are about 263 children who are in need of forever families okay. and children who are not matched with any family, children who are just 
waiting for a forever family. And we want more than enough families that are able and willing to take those children in and give them a forever family. What's that look like as far as a family that brings in, what's a typical family that's bringing in a foster child look like? Well, it it looks like everything, honestly. (laughs) So we have, um, we have families of all ages, of all stages of life. We have young married couples that have never had children bringing in teenagers. We have um, retired families bringing in sibling groups because they're empty nesters. Um, so so the, the diversity of our families is as diverse as the children in foster care. And when they bring in that child, it's Ideally, you know, we, we're living out what God did for us, right? He adopted us. And so we are bringing that child in and showing them the love that we've been showed. And so, it, you know, it's a little bit like bring, inviting the mission field into your living room. <laughs> when the kids we work with, and, and you were here earlier speaking with our team, just about some of the traumas mm-hmm. some of these children have experienced and all that. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are scared of. Yeah. Um, this kid's coming to us from some crazy situation mm-hmm. and we're bringing them in, in to our home. Yeah. What, what do you guys do to kind of help them with that? Because then these kids have a, a true need Absolutely. And, and these families feel ill-equipped for this. What, what's the call doing with that? So for one, we, we kind of demystify the process mm-hmm. and we, we break that down so that they can get open because that can be a, a complicated process. And we also provide the, the pre-service training. So we will train the families that we have recruited and the training that is mandated by the state, uh, which is not um, tremendously trauma-informed. So we bring in some of that trauma-informed component um, to kind of, you know, modernize some of that content. Um, but understanding that it's training parents, training people for a job that no training is adequate <laughs> enough. So what we really do is after the fact, we want to make sure that we're equipping the churches to wrap around those families. And we call it embrace, to embrace those families as they care for these children. It is scary because there are these concerns of what are we inviting into our home? But the reality is, is that these are children that have been hurt and broken by sin, not by their sin, Mm -hmm. by the sin of others. And who else but the church, the body of Christ, to step in to that brokenness? Uh, James 1.27 is our guiding verse. Pure and undefiled religion is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. There's a reason why it says in their distress. We have to go down with them in that brokenness and help them come out. They cannot come out from that brokenness alone. That that speaks the same for their families. Their families are broken, and so they need someone to, to go down into that brokenness and bring them out. And, and that's what that's the church. We should be the first ones in line to take care of, of these children um, and to help them on their journey to heal because God created us um, miraculously so that whatever that brokenness is, not only can he heal us physically and emotionally, but he can heal, heal us spiritually through a, a lasting relationship with Jesus. Those stories, I mean, I think it's really important for people to realize that just a little bit can go a long way. Right. What, what are some of those stories of success of, of these children coming into it. Cause we know that, that aging out of the foster care system is a scary thing, it is. but 
what what differences are you seeing made in people's lives that both on the the parent side and yeah. on the child side? Well, ideally, that that difference is made with the family, right, with the child's family. And so we have situations where our foster families really become extended families for our children. We have um, one family in um, Cleburne County, the Stones, who actually closed their home to foster care at one point so that they could bring in the mother of their child to their home because it was an infant and so that they could help her bond with that child, help her learn how to parent. And um, they still maintain that relationship. She's moved out. She has the child and they are extended family. I could tell you other situations where family, children have gone to live with family or relatives and our foster families are their extended family. And um, we have another family in Baxter County where they in some ways are, are shared, like they're just one big family. Um, it's definitely a unique, uh, <laughs> melded family. Um, and so they have all of their family events together. Christmas is together and they go to church together. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful demonstration of what can do to restore people. And then you have the situations where the children cannot reunify. And so our hope then is that the child will be able to find that forever family and and have some of those firsts that they were never able to have. And um, so you adopt a 12-year-old and you think, I've missed all the milestones. But that 12-year-old may or may not have ever had a birthday party. So you get to experience their first birthday party. You get to give them their very first bedroom. Um, th things like that that are just so life-altering for the children and for the families when we can help with that. One of the things I always tell my staff, I'm, I'm usually ready to quit at least once a week. Yeah. What What's something that you can tell these parents that are that are in this? I mean, how do you keep them encouraged? That they, I mean, because it's it's one of those things you're bringing in a kid. It's not your own mm -hmm. to your house, and yeah, there's going to be this friction yeah. whether it's your own kids or <laughs> your parenting style right. or lack thereof. Yeah. How, how do you keep them encouraged? In, well. For me, it's um, it's that relationship with Jesus, and it's making sure that we realize that whether it's me working in my capacity or it's a foster family, you know, I'm not necessarily doing it for the family or even for the child. I'm doing it because the Lord has called me to do this, and so because He's called me to do this, He will give me the strength that I need if I will rely on him. And so, first of all, I would say that, you know, we need to rely more on, on our relationship so that we can draw from that strength for, from Jesus Christ. The second thing is just to remind them that even though the child is broken and even though there are challenges or, or when we have families more often, they'll have a difficult placement. And when that placement leaves, that child leaves, they're, they're ready to give up. And then they get that phone call and it's the next child. What about the next child? You know, will you be the home that can help them? Because again, if, if we don't, if the body of Christ doesn't, who will? Um, and honestly, it's just overcoming the the doubts that the, the devil works into all of us, right? Making us think that we can't do it. Um, but if we're called to do this, um, not that we will necessarily have, you know, supernatural patience, um, but the Lord will certainly help us and, and to reach out to other people around us to make sure that we have that network that will support us, that we can come and talk to when we're stressed instead of isolating. And, and I mean, that's 
very important because I know uh, Eric Gilmore does his pie nights and it's, it's just about bringing these families together mm -hmm. that have gone through very similar yeah. type events. And it's especially, I'm a parent of three biological daughters. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people that we need to support group just yeah. for dads with <laughs> daughters, just because it feels like I have no clue what I'm doing most yeah. of the time. But with so much of this, I mean, how, how how does that work? Does the networking, even outside of churches, do y'all have events that y'all do that y'all bring um, foster parents together? And we do. So, um, again, we work very closely with the churches. We're really partners with the churches. Um, and so for the call, we're statewide. And so we actually have... Um, programs in 47 counties out of the 75. And so that will look a lot different depending on where you are. But what doesn't look different is the family. We're, we're almost like a family unit. So in some counties, it's once a month, we have a support group where we have that time for that networking and where we have quality trauma-informed education, because that's key in, you know, making sure that we're equipping families with what they need most. And that's you know, the tools to be able to do that job. And um, some, some counties is every other month where we will do the, the education event or we'll just do a parent's night out. And so it, that looks like kids going in one area and having pizza and playing and the parents going into another area of the church and just fellowship, just meeting with one another. And um, we have several counties who will do retreats with their families. And, and so they just, they bond, like you said, you know, and, um, they bond with each other. They have that support. And then we actually have volunteers in each of our each of our organizations. We have someone called a family support coordinator, and that's the person that they can call. Um, some of our counties, that's our leader, our county coordinator. And so they have a difficult placement. They can just call and cry and, and vent. Um, I've, I was at one, uh, one of my friend's houses who was having a hard time and um, who was a foster parent and her county coordinator shows up with dinner and, um, you know, just, Hey, I felt like I thought that maybe you, you would need this. Mm -hmm. So just, just loving on them, wrapping around them, giving them a safe place to be. And we have uh, support centers um, in a few locations around the state. And so those are facilities where we have offices and where DCFS will do visitation and we have closed closets where people can come and get needs. But we have couches <laughs> and we have um, in, in Boone County in Harrison, we have this huge table where they they literally say, like, this is where the majority of our family support happens because we just visit. We just have that fellowship. We have that connection. And um, so we have that with, you know, in all these little pockets around the state. But then we all do come together a couple of times a year for larger events. We're a part of um, the group that puts together the Hope Conference every year. And that's um, really just one of the highlights. I have foster families all over the state that tell me we look forward to that <laughs> every year because we know we're going to get good information, but we also know we're going to get to be with our people. So a wide variety of events, but that's critical to be able to have that, that family to support you. You primarily work with churches. Mm -hmm. 
So what, what are you looking for from a church? Are you looking for a, a point person to kind of lead it? Or are you looking for a pastor to come to you and say, hey, how do we get this started? What's the best way for a church to get engaged with you guys? Well, we really can do anything um, when it comes to getting engaged. Usually it does involve a conversation with a pastor um, because a lot of people don't understand a lot about the foster care system. So that helps us introduce them to what the foster care system is, specifically what the needs are in their community. And then really it's more about what can we do for you as a church if you are engaging in foster care, if you have families that are serving as foster families, how can the call help you? How can we bring our expertise, bring our tools to help you love on those families? Uh, so we have training that we can offer um, for teaching them how to embrace their families. And um, of course, we can help. They can help us. And we can help each other really in by hosting recruitments to calling people into that, into um, really the mission field by being foster parents. And so they can host those events for us to really engage their church. But that relationship is really one where we try to help them as they engage in in bringing their church, calling their church to to fulfill James 127 um, and, and bridging, again, bridging that gap between the church and the state. And what's the best way for someone to just get in touch with you guys? So we have a website, thecallinarkansas.org. Um, you can actually re you can reach out to any of our counties. Um, you, there's a map where you can click on where you live and you can connect directly with that county. Um, you can call us um, at our, our main office and we can do that. We can connect you. Um, our number is 501-907-1048. 501-907-1048. And we also have a Facebook page and where you can just, you know, kind of stay up to date on the things that we're working on. And um, so those are really the best ways because we really want people to engage with their local organization. And so we want them to be able to connect with them directly by going to their website. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, telling us about the call and, and the very important subject of foster care in Arkansas. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Every Arkansan podcast. Let us know if there's a topic you'd like to learn more about so that we can help you chase after your God-given dream. In the meantime, you can like, subscribe, and share this on social media. Check with us next week for another inspiring story of Arkansans chasing their dreams.